HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show is being brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, believers in good food for all. Learn more at bobsredmill.com slash podcast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are a member-supported, nonprofit food radio station. That means that every single thing we do, from broadcasting 35 weekly shows for free to bringing you exclusive content from sold-out food events across the country to offering scholarships to high school students, is only possible thanks to the support of our loyal members. And we want you to join the club. Become a member during our 2017 Summer Drive to get access to sweet swag and pledge your support to the world's only food radio station. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become a member now. Welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and director of the New Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from a studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my good, cool guests. And my guest today is Atsuko Kirk, who is a documentary filmmaker based in New York. And actually, Atsuko and I, I went to the same middle school in Japan, and even played basketball together every day for two years. And I, was, I happened to find her by hearing about her great documentary film about Japanese school lunch, which we'll discuss today. Also, Atsuko is an environmental advocate, and she just released a very inspiring new film about ocean and plastic. So we'll discuss, discuss, it, discuss it too. Um, but quickly, before we start, Japanese is available on Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher as podcasts. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe to Japanese, and please write a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We really appreciate your feedback. Also, if you have any ideas about topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. You can email us at japaneeds at heritageradionetwork.org or akikokatayama.com. Now, let's start our conversation with Akiko Kirk. Hello, Atsuko. 
Let's go quick. Hello, let's go.、Uh, welcome to Japanese. Hello. Yeah, Long time no see. <laughs> It's amazing that、uh, you and I just, you know, sitting here. It's an amazing that you haven't changed even a bit. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> so, okay, so、uh, for listeners who don't know you too much, so first of all,、um, tell us about your background. So, where are you from and where,、uh, when and why did you come to New York? Hi, my name is Atsuko Kwak, and、uh, I'm a documentary filmmaker. And I used to be doing more on the、uh, production side of、uh, filmmaking, which、um, you know, I worked on、um, like、TV shows, commercials, but more on producing, not like really the filmmaking, the creative side of it. And、uh, I came to New York City、uh, when I was 27, which is 20 something years ago. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was like, sounds like yesterday. Right? <laughs> I know. But、um, I was in Tokyo working as an ad executive、uh, for ad agency in Tokyo, but it was so、uh, right after the、uh, bubble economy and it was really depressing to be there. And then I was like, I have to get out of here.、Mm-hmm. So then.、Um, I、uh, came to New York. I, I, ha- I have come to New York like maybe three times、uh, back then, and then I loved it and the energy. And then maybe, you know, I can do something new and then I can do more filmmaking. And then,、um, so I started those like production work for,、mm. uh, I was doing for like 15 years. And then, but after that,、um, one day I went to my son's.、Uh, You know, public school,、uh, that's elementary school, when,、uh, when my son was like maybe first grade or kindergarten. And then I saw the、uh, cafeteria, and then that was the beginning、mm. of this whole、uh, another journey that I took、mm. for the environment and then food, healthy eating, and all that. Okay, so just jump onto that film. So,、uh, so you made uh, this uh, nine minute. Documentary film, which is, seems to be more than nine minutes, like an hour、um, intense version of it.、Um, so, this is called The School Lunch in Japan. It's not just about eating,、uh, which came out in 2010. So, and you have over 15 million views on, you know, on this film on YouTube. Right. Which is amazing. Right. I mean, you know, just the YouTube views are、uh, 15 million right now, but、uh, that has been shared with other.、Uh, You know, one of those Facebook,、uh, like a product, you know, like a promoting sites.、Mm-hmm. And then they have like 45 million views、oh, just for that. So, anyway, so the,、uh, really、uh, the first intention of, you know, to make this、uh, little video was that I just simply wanted to show how Japanese lunch、uh, mm-hmm. operates. To、uh, school food directors in New York City.、Mm. So back then, it was probably 2008, 2009,、um, I started going to my son's cafeteria to volunteer. And just because <laughs> if you've never seen school cafeterias in public schools,、mm. it was a mess.、Yeah. Just Walked in, the,、uh, like, how many chicken nuggets are on the floor?、Oh, and the bins overflowing, and like a milk on the floor just leaking, and then nobody,、wow. nobody bothered to pick it up or clean up or anything. And I was just shocked. Sounds like a, after the big parade on the Fifth Avenue. Exactly. Like- <laughs> it, it was exactly like that. Wow. 
the way kids eat and disposing the whole tray, like throw it into the bin and then, you know, drop something and nobody cares. Mm. And then, you know, even more shocking was that the kids actually left the room without cleaning up. That's scary, right? They think it's okay. Well, (laughs) you know, it, and I thought, Maybe it was a special day that they didn't need mm. to clean up or something. And then I asked the staff member right there uh, who is taking care of the lunch period. Um, and then, you know, she she couldn't really, like, understand what I'm talking about. It was mm. like, what? And, well, uh, do, do, do they need to clean the floor or anything? And then she said, No. Kids are not supposed to clean the floor. That's custodian's job. Mm, interesting. That was exactly the welcome to America moment. Mm. So then, and this is a school, right? So I just couldn't understand how that is allowed, mm. you know, in any countries. Right. And I just went right to the principal and I just, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. And then that was like 2007, 2008. And then principal, you know, of course, she wanted to do something. She, you know, wasn't happy about the situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all the excuses that, you know, uh, staff is busy, we don't have extra hands, who is going to, you know. So, but what about the kids? Mm-hmm. We have hundreds of hands here. Right. <laughs> so, and then... Oh, they don't have enough time to eat. Mm-hmm. It, it was true. They only had 25 minutes walk in and walk out. And they had to be on the line for the lunch, right? Um, the, by the time some kids sit down and started eating, they only have like as short as seven minutes to eat. Wow. So that's a completely another component of the problem that you know, they were facing. Mm-hmm. And then hundreds of kids with just three staff members. Teachers are not eating together, mm-hmm. of course. So that kids are like all over the place. And, you know, right. so there are other components, but um, at least the last few minutes, they can do something. Mm-hmm. So I started going there and started doing by myself mm-hmm. before we ask kids to do. Mm-hmm. To show, you know, uh, what would be possible to do. Mm. Then after a while, you know, one child I still remember, and uh, we're still in touch. That uh, Ethan, she, he was second grade back then, and he stood up and, can I help you? Oh. It was it was really organically happened mm. that way, and I was like, yes. So and now he started. You know, helping out and then sorting, uh, you know, the uh, trash and then mm. recycling and then, and then he was so proud and this is this is my job and and then then um, other kids are like, how come he gets to do that? Can I do that? Wow. Can I help you? And it's like really happened that way, mm. and the transformation started. But also we need a, we needed a transformation for adults. Mm. Now, the uh, school food directors, they are not in charge of anything 
um, you know, the recycling or anything uh, for the kids because there, you know, there are some uh, job lines of right. uh, you know the adults who are in charge of and the right. paid so for that, it. So. Yeah, right. So now, but still, I wanted everybody to be on board. Mm. And that was the tough thing because the school food directors and then uh, uh, kitchen workers, they uh, are hired by the school food division. And then the custodians are hired by uh, a different division. And then the school aides and staff who take care of the kids in the lunchroom, they are hired by principal. Mm. So that those three different stream of uh, employment, actually they don't talk each other, they don't really cooperate each other. Mm. So that was, uh, you know, one of the hundreds of, you know, mm. components. And then to bring all of them together, I just wanted to simply show the, uh, you know, how Japanese school lunch operates. Mm. So, and... Uh, the school food director, actually the director of school food, he's still there now, um, uh, Mr. Stephen O'Brien. He, I asked him, he's the top uh, person of DOE, you know, com- uh, oversee the whole school. Mm-hmm. So New school York City Department York City, right, right, of Education. City, right. And um, we, we want to, you know, I want to actually go to Japan and film uh, the school lunch operation in Japan. And... Um, I just need some kind of letter mm. that uh, this is from New York City Department of Education that they want to learn something from Japan mm. so that the uh, Japanese uh, schools and then Department of Education know that I am coming in educational purpose. Mm. I'm not a stranger just asking get into the school. So that uh, he said yes. But it's amazing that you convinced him to write the, such a letter. Right. So <laughs> I got the letter, like, yeah. And then I went. But did you explain to him? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Like no, he details. was all for it. They, mm. they work hard. But they have limited budget, you know, like they, uh, because the magnitude of this whole uh, big operation is they serve close to one million um, lunches, meals per day. Mm. Just for New York City public schools, right. it is the the second biggest institutional food operation after military. <laughs> so the biggest, yeah, biggest right. food operation actually. And then the, uh, after New York City, the second one is uh, Los Angeles, but less than half of New York City. Mm. So it is a huge huge operation that he really needs to oversee everything Mm. so but you know he he uh really wanted to change and and back then it was still like really hard and like eh, you know that wouldn't happen you know some people weren't really cooperative right right so and you know the the beginning of the film uh, you know that when you you talk about improving school lunch, uh, the com- uh, all the comments are on the quality of the food itself. And let's start the conversation on the quality of the lunchtime. So let's talk about that theme of the film. So what do you mean by that? It means that uh, especially back then there were a lot of uh, attention to uh, bad school lunch in U.S. Mm. You know, Jamie Oliver, you know, all that uh, attention went into the quality of the food. Right. 
you know, it's a junk food. Like it wasn't. They were trying. You right. know, it's more that obesity issues, obesity issues, and everything. But nobody was talking about the quality of the that meal, like lunchtime experience itself. Right. Well, let me ask you though. So, the, I, I'm going to break down a couple of things because it's very distinctively different. So, the first of all, I noticed a teacher eat lunch with kids. So, what kind of difference does it make for students? You think? Right. I mean, I mean, teachers eat with students in Japan, but not in the U.S. Mm. Most of the schools, which means the. Uh, in Japan, the lunch periods are placed as an educational period. Mm. It is the same as math, science. It is the you know the educational time, so mm. that uh, there are uh, learning happening through the lunchtime experience. Right. But in U.S., the lunch period is just to fill up your your stomach. Right, and so the that's break. The com- right, it's a break. Exactly. Mm. So the complete difference that the base is mm. completely different. So that really um, is making a cultural difference in the lunchtime. Mm. Um, and then also what I noticed uh, after I started going to the cafeteria is that nobody... no. Well, not nobody, but most of the kids didn't thank to the lunch ladies mm. when they get the food. So, like, kids are not saying thank you. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> I noticed that, and that bothered me. Mm. Probably, you know, being Japanese, that's, like, the part that really bothered me. Right. And then I counted one day at how many kids will thank the lunch ladies and it was five kids out of 95 wow. students and I thought maybe that really is you know like that is the root of the whole change that needs to happen hmm. so I think uh, in Japanese schools I think uh, lunch ladies are like come substitute to your mother versus here they're workers so that's the mindset, completely different. Right. I mean, in Japan, also, the uh, difference of that uh, caring spirit mm. that really holds through the school, um, right. not only the lunchtime, so that uh, the culture, uh, cultural difference is uh, playing a big role. Still, the, uh, the system to place lunch period as the educational period mm. uh, is the the biggest difference I think, right. and then also the um, you know appreciation and you know that whole uh, cultural thing. Right. Is a, That's interesting because I was thinking, how many times do we say thank you in Japanese in Japan? If you live in Japan, it's like at least ten times a day, right? To something, like, right, right, right. So like itadakimasu and thank you right, for, right. before you eat. Right. Too. right. So the other thing is that. Um, the participation of students to prepare lunch at uh, you know each school lunch program, right? So that uh, right, that's a part of it. That um, the whole operation that student in, in Japan students feel ownership of the operation. Mm. I mean, 
probably you used to be one of those that you know you have a, a lunch duty. Mm-hmm. So and how, how does it? Can you describe how it works? When, you know, right. The, so that uh, school lunches in Japan, uh, students will actually go to the uh, kitchen and then take their food. Coming back to the classrooms, uh, most of the Japanese schools eat lunches in their classrooms with their teachers. So that uh, the lunch duty people, maybe like five or six of them in the class, they, ro- they take turn. rotate yeah, the turn. Uh, but they, if, if like you are a lunch duty, you, uh, uh, you get a lunch duty for a week. And then go to the kitchen, get the whole like a, a you know, bucket full of soup or, mm-hmm. you know, those sometimes really heavy. But they carry it over you know, back to their classroom, mm. and then they serve to peers. Their peers. Right. That that part really makes students feel like they uh, own this whole operation. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm smiling because I have such a fond memory about that. You know, like right. I used to, you know, like really look forward to be um, lunch duty. You know? <laughs> so that was really a fun part of it. Mm. Right. And then, uh, and also the kids, uh, you know, they, they convert this whole classroom into like a dining, restaurant dining situation. Right, right. right. Some, uh, I mean, it's by classes and, and schools, but uh, mainly it's um, fun socializing time right. so that they sort of uh, change the arrangements of the tables and chairs, discs mm-hmm. and chairs right. and, and create a little table to islands of groups of kids. Right, a lot of the lot of the schools do that. Mm. Some schools that I went, uh, they actually make the whole big um, okay. table for the whole class so yeah. that everybody can see each other. Huh, that's kinda. cute. Yeah. So right. so it's a lot more social setting. Right, right, right. Because I think I remember that, you know, I was not eating with my the same friends all the time. It was assigned by, you know, kind of the teacher and the program. So you can kind of change a rotating group of friends eating together as right, well. Right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, some schools in Japan right now, um, some schools in Japan right now, they have actual uh, lunch, roo- lunch room called, you know, it's like a cafeteria thing for more uh, special occasions, like uh, uh, special meals for festivals and stuff that mm. they use, right. or uh, collaborative uh, lunchtime, like uh, different grades eat together, or they invite parents, or, you know, those things. But basically, the uh, usual lunchtime uh, happens in classrooms. Mm. So do you think it's kind of a training of uh, social dining as well? Right, and also get to know about uh, food and ingredients and then uh, all the other uh, nutritional uh, education component mm. uh, is collaborated into, you know, uh, included into this uh, whole lunch period uh, experience. Mm. Oh, speaking of, so I heard there is a system of uh, the nutrition teacher. What is that? It is a, uh, yeah, nutritional teacher. Uh, that uh, used to be like a kitchen lady, but now they uh, made the title different, and then now they need more uh, trainings and then uh, uh, college degree and stuff to be a nutritional teacher, mm. so that the nutritional teachers 
are in charge of ordering food, making menus,、um, and also that educational component of the、uh, about nutrition and also local farming and all that. Oh, wow. So they come in at lunchtime and tell them. Right, a lot of them、uh, go around the classrooms and then uh, uh, do some lecture, or、uh, they actually do other uh, like uh, cooking classes or、uh, some other programs besides just for lunch.、Mm, right. And、uh, what approached my radio experience was when I was at elementary school, there's a lunchtime radio, and you read all those.、Uh, The nutritional values、right. of each lunch.、So、right. All the schools that I went,、um, I visited like numerous schools、mm. in Japan for lunchtime, and、um, all of them were doing that.、Mm. Actually, the nutritional teachers provide the,、uh, all the information around today's menu,、mm. where、uh, the carrots are coming from,、uh, where, you know,、mm. and then what kind of a nutritional value that the each ingredient has. Has that、um, so that that's provided to each class. The classroom,、um, like a leaders for the day, will、uh, read it, you know, like、uh, read out loud to the class that、um, today carrots are coming from.、Um, Mr. Saito's farm、wow. in this area, <laughs> and right, and then、um, that、uh, has a lot of vitamin A that. That is good for your eyes, you know, things like that.、Mm. So that, that's before itadakimasu, that's, you know, before they eat.、Mm. Wow. I wish I could sit there too. All right. right. <laughs> I have to be reminded. Right. And、uh, so the other interesting thing I found in the, the film is that, you know, the serving, you know, kids serving、uh, the lunch counts leftovers and report to the whole class, you know, before they start eating. So why do they do that? To.、Um, Not all the class,、uh, classes or schools do that, but basically, they don't want to have any leftovers.、Mm. Any food you know, came into the classroom should be consumed.、Mm. So, that's the whole,、uh, like, a, also the cultural、uh, part of it、mm. that、uh, they don't want to leave any food behind、mm. so that the kids will be. Already prepared to think, maybe I'll get the seconds for the、uh, soup today. Or so、um, that's. So, like、uh, rock, paper, scissors, and then they will fight for the leftover. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a <laughs> big battle. Right. I remember I still did that too. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So, and,、uh, so, the after lunch, that's, that's another big thing I found in the films. Every day, kids clean literally the whole school. For 20 minutes, including their classroom, whole even teacher's room. So, is this a cultural too, you think? Yes, that's uh, very, uh, very much so.、Mm. That,、uh, especially、um, all the comments for, for YouTube, that, that cleaning part、uh, is as well as really impressed、mm. that people you know,、um, around the world actually. that Do they do every day? I can't believe. Or, you know, like, <laughs> so that、uh, is a, a big part of it.、Mm. Also, that to, to、um, have the ownership of all, also the place that where you eat, where you,、uh, you know, study, you know, and also 
to have a you know pride of that、mm. they actually、uh, take you know taking care of the place. Right, and the kids、own. are looking really happy to clean up. Right, right. Yeah, it's like a social and a fun activity. Right, right. And proud of being、right. able to clean up so much, so well. Right, right. Okay, so、um, yeah, so in to summarize, what's the benefit of having that kind of a school lunch and cleanup program? I think the、um, the whole、uh, ownership of the、uh, lunchtime experience. Because it is every single day,、mm. it really makes a difference on the attitude of、uh, not attitude of eating, but attitude of the lunchtime、mm. or mealtime. So, what the eating means, you know, mealtime includes all those elements so that、uh, for Japanese kids, that Comes as a package.、Mm. You know, eating something means you appreciate the food, you clean up after yourself. You know, it, it's all like a set deal.、Mm. It's almost lifestyle education. Right, right. right. So that、uh, lifetime skills too. So that's really the、uh, difference that US actually doesn't have.、Mm. Um, Yeah. Right. Okay. So、uh, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back,、uh, we'll talk about how Atsuko has replicated Japanese lunch programs in New York City. So please stay with us. Hey, it's Kathy Irway, the host of Eat Your Words. Today I'm here with Camilla Salisbury, author of Bob's Red Mill Everyday Gluten Free Cookbook, 281 Delicious Whole Grain Recipes. We're going to get to the bottom of this gluten free craze. So, why aren't people eating gluten and what does gluten free really mean? Well, there are two main reasons why、um, people are deciding to go gluten free these days. And the first one is really serious. It's for people who have celiac disease, and it's a pretty serious、um, condition. But then there is also a growing number of people with gluten, gluten intolerance or gluten sensitivity, and they're trying out、um, gluten free diets、um, because they find that eating foods without gluten just makes them feel better. Okay, got it. But what actually makes something gluten free? Well, what makes something gluten free is essentially that it doesn't have any、um, of the protein gluten in it. And a lot of people are surprised to learn that、uh, many grains do not contain gluten, when in fact just a very small number of grains do. Does anyone offer truly gluten free options? Um, well, Bob's Red Mill really understands gluten free options,、um, and that means They separate their grains、um, during the manufacturing process. And so they're testing each batch at every step of the way for purity to ensure that it's gluten free. So when it says on the package that it's gluten free, you can be assured that it is gluten free. All right. So, gluten free listeners out there craving some steel cut oats can pick up a pack of Bob's Red Mill and rest assured you're getting the real deal. Learn more about Bob's Red Mill and all the gluten free products that they offer at bobsredmill.com slash podcast. So, welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Atsuko Kirk, who is a documentary filmmaker and environmental advocate based in New York. And before we restart our conversation, I would like to say one thing. 
As you may know, this show is only possible thanks to member donations. We'd literally not be able to reach you every week without the generosity of Heritage Radio Network members around the world. So、uh, becoming a member is very easy. You can sign up for a one time donation or become a monthly sustaining member by visiting Heritage Radio Network.org slash donate right now. So thank you so much. Now, so、uh, you not only made the inspiring film, but you also took action to bring the Japanese school lunch program、uh, to the US. And the project is called the Cafeteria Culture. So, what is Cafeteria Culture and what is the objective of the program? Yeah, so Cafeteria Culture is a non profit organization、uh, based in New York City, and which、uh, I work for. And、um, since I started as a volunteer、uh, in my son's school to sort of organize this whole、uh, student operation, lunchtime、uh, recycling and sorting, and cleanup,、mm. um, then I met the director of the、uh, cafeteria culture back then, and then、uh, she was working towards.、Uh, re- uh, To、uh, get rid of the styrofoam trays、mm. uh, that has been you know, used for New York City for, for that last like, 30 years. And、uh, that's because it's toxic and, and it, it hurts the environment. So then we sort of got together and、uh, started to do this the, you know, student operation, actually, more systematic. that Could be replicated by other schools.、Mm. Now that I started with、uh, my son's school, that you know, I made a, exactly the same the Japanese operation that you know, they rotate the,、uh, like a shift that、uh, there are five kids in charge of one、uh, lunch period, and then there's a recycling captain, there's、mm. a trash captain, there's a, <laughs> a table, table <laughs> captain, and、uh, they're excited, they have the tags, and then So then、uh, the, next, you know, the, the next week will be the、uh, different kids come in as a recycling captain and you know,、mm. all that. And then、uh, within a month, the same school takes care of the whole lunch、uh, operation. And then the next month,、uh, another school, I mean, another class will、uh, be in charge of the、uh, cafeteria operation, which we call it Cafeteria Rangers.、Mm, that's a great name. Yeah,、way. Cafeteria <laughs> Rangers. So that they,、um, yeah, so they, they loved it. Now that,、uh, so we made uh, more uh, videos and instructional uh, tools uh, online to be available for other schools that can, you know, do the same thing.、Mm. Even the,、uh, my son's school, that,、uh, In the same building, there were、uh, close to 1,000 students eating lunch. And、uh, used to be, there used to be、uh, 30 to 35 big、uh, garbage bags a day just from lunch.、Mm. And after the uh, uh, cafeteria rangers, they reduced into five or six bags、wow. a day. Amazing. Right. It was a big change. And of course, we needed the cooperation from uh, uh, custodians. And, you know,、mm-hmm. But they were happy. They, they don't need to haul like a heavy 30 bags.、Right. Now they have five bags. And then, they ha- of course, they have more recycling and stuff, but、uh, overall, far less、mm-hmm. bags and far less. Uh, landfill bound garbage. Right. And the recycling education. Right, right. At right. no extra cost. 
because exactly. kids, kids work exactly as uh, right the rangers right exactly mm. wow so and in uh, the cafeteria uh cafeteria culture uh we get funded by like a government and then some other uh, private uh foundations to do uh not only the cafeteria rangers but also the educational component in classrooms for why it is important to mm. sort your you know uh, waste and then uh, also recycling and then also reducing um, plastic use and all that so now uh, when we started going into classrooms we found out that uh, when we explain the journey of the whole trash starting from the classroom that so the garbage can there uh, who is gonna who is gonna actually take that bag and then the custodian takes it and where that goes next so going back to the curve side mm. who is gonna take the garbage bags and the truck comes in where the truck where the truck goes mm. That part, that truck goes to a, uh, it's called a waste transfer stations. That's in a really underserved area, like a South Bronx and then uh, North Brooklyn. Mm. They were they were taking like 70-something percent of the New York City garbage into wow. transfer stations. So because of the thousands of trucks coming every day, their high rate of asthma. And so it's more the picture of environmental justice and mm. other part that you never thought about. Right. So once you go into that, then really students grasp the, the consequences mm. of the trash. Right. And not only, oh, you know, if, if we say, oh, the Atsuko will talk about recycling, and then, you know, kids will like, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know. But if we take that to the next level of talking about how uh, kids like you in South Bronx suffering from asthma because of our garbage going in there. Mm. So that really changed the uh, complete motivation uh, right. to do sorting well, the cafeteria and just that's completely another level. Mm. Because they, they know that they can do something to change right. that. Right, right. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. and then um, from the cafeteria ranger program, um, we found out there are a couple of aha moments for the students that when um, you know we have we, if we don't sort well or you litter on the street that goes into the sewer mm. when it rains and then go into the sewer pipe go out to the river and go out to the ocean and killing turtles mm. or fish or so that part they the students really like really and really uh, aha moments and sort of get the whole picture of our right. consumption mm. so Amazing. and uh, behavior right well the i was so impressed to watch um, uh, all those uh, videos about you know the capturing cap- cafeteria ranges and it's really strong very strong messages so i'm gonna put that uh, link to all those Great. videos Great. and it's a nice um, change with the subject because I wanted to talk about your new documentary uh, it's called uh, Kids in Tokyo and New York City share a message about marine litter so what's the theme of the film 
Right. So that derived from the cafeteria ranger program that we started uh, teaching about the uh, plastic litter going into the ocean and uh, impacts uh, marine life. So that became a big part of it. Also, I actually made a, a movie about the uh, uh, litter and uh, uh, marine pollution uh, back in 2014. And um, that... Um, sort of like the whole uh, global problem that uh, but it is global problem but it's hyper local problem too mm. so that litter you drop right in the neighborhood is becoming the global problem because mm. the ocean it really is uh, you know one ocean that we have right one water we mm-hmm. have so now that um not only New York City, uh, but kids in Tokyo, um, you know, that, that I want, I wanted them to feel the magnitude of this global problem. Mm. They both are working in locally, right. but they, I want them to really uh, realize this is not only us, but other part of the world mm. is having the same issue so and then the when kids realize then that if we show in the movie then people will realize right. so that as that's the whole point of the point of the film right it's, it's really cute that uh, at, in the movie uh, one of the kids uh, from German leaders on beach and rivers really look the same in Tokyo and New York. I felt that we both have the same problem. We want to make the difference together. And in New York City Kids, we can do it together. So that's really strong. Right. And uh, those plastic litter, it looks exactly the same everywhere. Mm. Everywhere you go, right. it looks like exactly the same, mm. unfortunately. Right. On beaches, on rivers, in ocean, yeah, mm. everywhere. Right. So the global economy really reflects in negatively as well. Right. right, right. So, and by the same token, because we are connected, we can right. be connected easily by uh, the internet, because you connected two classrooms, New York City right. and Tokyo. Right. And uh, it's it's a really strong visually, they see each other. Right, right. And it's just, uh, it's possible now. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So that they, you know, fortunately, the technology gave us opportunities, mm. you know, for those things to happen. Right. So I wanted to ask you that, you know, the what's the scope of uh, the Cafeteria Rangers? Is it only in New York City right now? Cafeteria Ranger program is uh, actually we have the whole uh, how-to videos and tools online on cafeteriaculture.org mm-hmm. if you go there it's called sort to save it's, okay. yeah sort to save um, and uh, uh, you know your school anywhere in the US or maybe other parts of the world can use whole or part of it and um, you want to modify you know suitable to your school but uh, base idea is there so that you can use that rotational student monitoring program in mm. your school right. to really do uh, sort well 
and how to sort of、uh, bring in custodians and school food、uh, staff. And、mm. so、um, that's, that's、uh, you know, universally used. What is considering you have 60, over 60 million? Viewers of the film, so I'm sure people contacted you to. Right,、apply. right, right. And, and in some schools in New York City, we still go to、um, schools to actually、uh, advise、uh, mm. cafeteria ranger programs too. But、um, basically, our idea is to make videos and tools that schools can run on their own.、Mm. Okay, and、uh, so what's your next project? Next project、uh, will be、uh, we continue to,、uh, to that plastic pollution、um, avenue that、uh, we will probably be making uh, a movie,、mm-hmm. another movie about that. And、uh, also, we're gonna,、uh, well, this year, because we were so focused on this plastic pollution problem, so we weren't in school cafeterias as much as we wanted to be. So, but this, this school year, I mean, next school year from、uh, September, we'll go back to the cafeteria、mm. and、uh, we'll do a little more、uh, food waste and then uh, uh, a little more extensive、uh, cafeteria programs. Mm. Well, I really highly recommend every school kid s watch the film with the teachers <laughs> and the parents. Right, right, right. right. Okay, so、uh, please do keep me posted. Yes. And then hopefully, hopefully we can come back here. Yeah. That would be great.、Right. That would be great. Okay, so thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, so nice to, nice to see, see you again. again. <laughs>、right. um, so, um, and I'll, I'll put all, all the links to your films、uh, on the show page for this episode 90. Great, thank you. And listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for、uh, guests or topics of the show, please contact us at japaneats.heritageradio.org or kikokatema.com. And Japaneats is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at heritageradio.org, iTunes, and Stitcher podcast. And please go to iTunes and Stitcher and write a review. Really appreciate your feedback. And our engineer today is、uh, Peter Harsh. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. For listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.